Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left to Straight Show, everyone. It is Friday, August 14th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. Interns have the night off. We are on a pre-tape interview all the way through today. I'm recording this earlier Friday afternoon because I have a couple of things I need to get done this evening. So just wanted to say hi to everybody. Yesterday we had a great show, if you missed it, did an amazing interview with Beth Bowen. She is an actress-turned-artist that's just killing it with works in the Louvre, going to be in cons, uh, doing some amazing stuff, and we had a great talk with her. She was friends once upon a day with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ryan Seacrest early in her career, has four fantastic children, and you want to check that interview out from yesterday, along with our intern Justine gave us an amazing recipe at the end, so you want to listen to the very end. Um, Ramis, usually Thursdays, every other Thursday is our foodie minute with Ramis every other Thursday, but she needed the night off because she is on vacation, and her and her girlfriend were having a lovely evening out to dinner that she is going to tell us all about next week. She's going to do a special segment next week for us, talking about her trip and her foodie adventures that she's on right now. So if you missed that, check out at your favorite podcast distributor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all the fun stuff, and check that out. Tonight, in just a couple minutes, we're going to have Jason off. Jason is our Friday Fitness Minute special correspondent, him and Jake Dean Taylor. And he got a last-minute acting gig today, and I'm just excited that the actors are going back to work a little bit at a time. So instead, I'm going to talk to you about my new journey I started this week in nutrition, movement, and meditation. And I'll talk about that in just a second. And then we're going to do an interview that I just taped day before yesterday with Michael Butera. He's a singer-songwriter, originally from Australia moved to North America and lived in Montreal, Canada for quite a few years. Uh, and now he's been back in Australia as a brand new single out. And I talked to him all the way over in Australia the other day. We had a huge 14-hour time difference. But I'm going to play that interview with you today, and you're going to really enjoy him and his music. So we'll get to that in just a second. I just want to start a little bit. Normally we do our Friday Fitness Minute with either Jason or Jake. As I said, Jason is taking the night off. So I want to talk about a journey that I started this week. I posted about it, and you can check it out on my social media. If you go to Instagram or Twitter, at Left of Straight, L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R, and the number eight, or my Facebook page, Left of Straight Show, or my personal profile, Scott Fullerton, where you can send me a friend request, and it's also a public page. Um, I started a routine this week. Um, for a couple reasons. One, I'm inspired by three great people I've met doing interviews over the show the last few months. I call them My Three Sams, which you'll see in just a second. But also, last weekend, I wasn't feeling really good. I have some stomach issues that flare up from time to time, and I really want to do something to start improving myself. So I had these three amazing guests on over the past couple months. Sam Cushing is a digital marketer and an influencer. He's like on all the social media with millions of followers. 
And he does amazing workout videos that are geared towards anybody. He has an amazing body, but these what these fitness videos are really something that anyone can do at home during quarantine. So I've been really impressed with those. Sam liked L-E-I-C-H-T is a Broadway singer and dancer from Percy Jackson, the lightning thief and others. And he is an in incredible shape and does fitness videos that are a little too advanced for me right now. I'm hopefully going to work my way up to him. But he's also made August a nutrition challenge month where he's challenging everyone to lower your processed food intake, add fruits and vegetables every meal. So um, I like that part. And then Sam Knight is an LGBTQ ally. He works with uh, Sean T. Fitness, who's an amazing LGBTQ fitness uh, empire. But Sam also does his own meditation practice and his own workout practice. So he does some amazing meditations. We had him when I, he was on the show. He did a little five-minute meditation for us on the show. So for those three people, I am following their advice and following their videos. They're all on YouTube and Instagram. And I am paying attention to meditation with Sam Knight to movement with Sam Cushing and nutrition with Sam Light, my three Sams. And I started this journey Monday. It's been a very good week. I've lost a little weight. My meditation has made my mornings very nice. I'm uh, doing two 10-minute meditations every morning. I'm watching what I eat and adding a fruit or vegetable to every meal and cutting down on my processed foods this month, as Sam Light recommended. And I'm going through Sam Cushing's uh, workout videos on YouTube and doing these home exercises at home. And I got to say, I'm feeling a little stronger. I've lost a little weight. I'm more mindful and restful in the mornings after my meditation. I have a great day. I will say one of the things on their advice was to cut down my caffeine and stop drinking coffee after like two o'clock in the afternoon. I've tried it this week and I'm not happy with it. <laughs> I, I'm You all know me. I'm a coffee fiend. I post about it all the time on social. I drink coffee morning, noon, and night. I have not seen a relative difference in it. I thought, well, I'll give it a full week to see if there's any caffeine withdrawals or anything. So far, there hasn't been. I'm not going to sleep any easier. Um, it's it's not affecting my day remotely as much as I thought it might. So I may try it one more week just for a science experiment to see what happens. After two weeks, then go back to it and see if there's a change going back to it. But uh, I think I may be back to my coffee all day, all night. I'll let you know how that goes. But I just want to give a shout out to all of them. If you're not following them on social media, you should. On Instagram, Sam Cushing, you probably follow him already. He's so dang popular. But it's Sam.Cushing, C-U-S-H-I-N-G. Sam Light is Lightning, L-I-C-H-T-N-I-N-G. And Sam Knight is S-A-M-U-W-3-L-L. Kind of looks like Samuel when you look at it. So follow those three. They've inspired me. I'm sure they can inspire you. They all have YouTube channels where you can kind of do some of your own things with them. And I'm feeling very excited about it all myself. 
So that's it. We're going to have a great show for you in just a couple of seconds. We're going to have Michael Butera on. We're going to play with one of his songs. He does a cover of one of my favorite oldie songs here. So thanks so much for listening to Left a Straight Show. I'll record a little ending here on the end, and we will see you next week with brand new episodes all week long. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful Skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors are. Also on the faces of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying, how do you do? They're only saying, I love you I see babies crying I watch them grow much more than I'll ever know, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, the colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, also on the faces of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying, how do you do? They're only saying, I love you I see babies crying I watch them grow They'll learn so much more than I'll ever know And I think to myself What a wonderful world And I think to myself We are back. That was a fantastic cover of Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, one of my favorite songs. It was done by our next guest, and he's been bebopping around the world from his native Australia to the U.S. and Canada, and again back to Australia. 
He's a prolific songwriter and singer who's written and recorded over 300 original works. He released his first single, Not Over Yet, back in 2011, and the follow-up songs allowed him to travel all around the world to cities like Chicago, New York, L.A., and Montreal. He's performed from clubs to charity events to music conferences, and in 2017, two of his songs were translated into French and recorded by the popular folk duo Jacques and Genevieve after submitting them to his friend Celine Dion's brother Jacques. His newest single was inspired by Deep and True Love a while back, and he felt that time was now to release it. So I can't wait to hear about this new song and a lot more. Please welcome to the Left of Straight Show for the very first time, Mr. Michael Butera. How you doing, Michael? Hey, I'm doing very good. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Much appreciated. Well, I appreciate having you on, my friend. We are doing a bit of a uh, 14-hour time zone difference. You are back in Australia, so welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time. No, my pleasure, my pleasure. I don't sleep that much these days anyway, so it's uh, it's all good on my end. <laughs> there you go. I hear that. Well, talk about how you're feeling, how are things going down there. I know Australia's been better in the COVID. Are you a... Are you a hunker-downer or are you an out-and-abouter? Has this been easy for you or a little tough? Well, Australia was starting to get really good uh, up until about a month ago. Then my city, where I'm from in Melbourne, started to really increase in cases. So we're actually in a very strict lockdown at the moment. But my city is the only city in Australia which is actually <laughs> actually going through it. Everywhere else has pretty much opened up. Um, so we have mm. a curfew and everything. So we've got to be... Not on the roads before, like by 8 p.m. at night. So uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty strict here. Wow. And were you always? Did you always cook and things like that? Were you a Postmates go out to eat guy? That's my hardest thing. Is I used to go out to eat all the time. Now I haven't in <laughs> feels like years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I used to catch up with my friends on a regular basis. So we haven't been able to do that. But I and I do love to go to the uh, occasional restaurant. I'm, I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> but yeah, we just had to had to stay in and order Uber Eats. Nice. Well, let's start with a little bit of your background, Michael. Tell me about growing up there in Australia. Where did you grow up and what kind of a kid were you? Um, yeah, I was, uh, well, I grew up in Melbourne where I am now. Um, I, I was a pretty quiet kid and I've always been a singer since the age of six and I've um, always wanted to, to get into music. Um, so, yeah, I was singing from a very young age and then, you know, people once told me, you know, it wasn't really enough to get in the industry. If you were just a singer, you have to be able to write songs. So at about 10, 11 years old, I really started kind of playing around on the piano and I uh, figured I need to teach myself how to how to write songs because I've never done it before. So um, I just kind of started fiddling around with the piano and, um, you know, taught myself some, some basic chords and it kind of all started from then. And I wrote my first song at about 11 um, and, yeah, just just kind of kept doing that and as a teenager I was also very kind of introverted I wasn't um, partying on Saturday nights with everyone else as a teenager I was pretty much in my bedroom uh, you know trying to work on arrangements and come up with good song ideas and and kind of get all my feelings and emotions out Um, uh, so yeah I was very much a uh, quiet kind of uh, introverted uh, teenager growing up and it it kind of all started to change once uh, once I left Australia and I moved overseas. Gotcha. So, wow, yeah. that's very cool. Now, 
Was there a lot of music in your household growing up? I mean, like I said, we just played uh, a song. It's just a classic here, Louis Armstrong. Um, was there all sorts of music in the household, or where did you kind of first become acquainted with different types of music? Um, yeah, look, there was um, there was music in the household. Mostly my brother played a lot of music, my older brother, um, who got me kind of into Michael Jackson. And I really just, I idolized him at a very young age. He was um, someone I looked up to. Not only was he an amazing singer, songwriter, but just the way he kind of uh, controlled all of his music. You know, he was like the, 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 the forefront of everything, even the business side of things. And I looked up to him a lot in that respect um, and just what an entertainer he was. So, he, like, he's one artist who, um, who I really, really looked up to and influenced my music in the early days. And then from him, you know, I just, you know, I stumbled onto so many others like him, you know, James Brown and Stevie Wonder and all those older classics. And then, uh, you know, the 80s, 80s uh, artists like Prince. And, um, you know, it just, it's just one artist led me to another artist. And that's how I just kind of kept discovering them for myself. But uh, yeah, I, I always used to sit in front of the TV on a Saturday, Sunday morning uh, and watch the, uh, music charts um back then i used to sit there with a pen and paper i used to write down you know the top 20 because i was just a bit obsessed with uh with music and the charts and just seeing <laughs> you know what was what was big <laughs> um so yeah so uh, music was always around me for sure nice i love that and you're part of our lgbtq community talk for a second about that when did you kind of first come out to yourself and have you kind of found your lgbtq tribe yet anywhere um, yeah, for me, it kind of happened um, around 2021 because I was just very much, um, I don't know, just more in, in, introverted, I guess. And I, I wasn't really, I never really kind of, not that I denied anything, but I never really noticed or just acknowledged that part of me. Um, it was more just, I was just so focused on my music and, and, and you know, who I was, who I thought I was destined to become. So, um, I kind of all pushed all my other uh, thoughts and feelings and ideas aside and just kind of um, put my music in, in, in the forefront. Um, but yeah, it was, it was something to, to go through and uh, look, obviously it was, it's an incredible journey and um, it's, it's been a positive thing ever since, you know, it's, a, it's, it's helped me grow and evolve uh, and, yeah, obviously it was bound to happen eventually. It just it took me a little bit longer than probably <laughs> most people would um, these days. So, um, but it was great. It was great. Very cool. All right, well, let's jump into some of the earlier music. I mean, like I said, you started out not over yet back in 2011. It was really your first kind of hit that got you traveling. Talk about that song, the inspiration for it, and... Was it everything you kind of expected it to be to start out with, or was it a, a slow-moving kind of a role? Um, yeah, look, that was a really good experience. You know, I got to record that in uh, in Canada, and um, I got to have a, a release party and everything, and I got to do the single video um, in New York, which was very cool for me. It was like a sure. very surreal, surreal moment. You know, a guy from Australia going over to to New York to film a music video in the in Times Square and, and around uh, Brooklyn and uh, in the subway. It was just so, um, so overwhelming. It was a really good experience having a, a song out there and um, just 
hearing it being played in different places and it's yeah it's, it's a it was a great first experience for me the song was um was mostly inspired a lot of my songs were at the time about just um not giving up and uh, i think that you know when you're a singer songwriter and you you want nothing more than to kind of do what you love and being able to make some kind of living from it a sustainable living then you keep dreaming and you keep dreaming and you never want to give up you know and um that song definitely stemmed from those um aspirations and you know I, i it was the first song i had written and released when i moved to canada so i was very determined and that that kind of just came out of me um at the time and it's, it was just a, it's a very special song to me i haven't really sang it for many years but um yeah it was it's it's just a a special part of my life that's awesome and it got a lot of play what was it like the very first time you heard it like in a gym or a casino or even like a retail store do you remember the first place you heard it yeah um i heard it uh, in a music store, actually, I was in Canada. I was actually shopping, um, and it was playing in HMV. I was—I don't know if you guys have HMV over there, but there was a couple of stores. Um, they were just big music retail stores, um, I guess, um, in in Canada. And I was just—I was walking around the store, not even realizing that it was me singing over the loudspeaker. <laughs> I was just shopping, and not after a few seconds, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's my voice. And it really like people think I'm an idiot, but I really, really didn't notice. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, that was quite, quite surreal. And then just some of the messages I used to get as well. Like even my sister at the time when she went to the gym, she'd message me and she said, your song just came on the radio and in the gym. And I was like, no way. And she's like, yeah, it did. And I was just completely dumbfounded with, with just how that all worked, you know? And, um, yeah, and then even in Abercrombie and Fitch, the retail stores throughout the U.S., um, it, it was added to their playlist in the, in their stores. And I used to get messages from a lot of people who uh, was shopping and they say that they, they heard it and uh, they would send me a message on YouTube. And it was really great. It was, it was a very, very flattering experience. I bet that's got to be very cool. Well, talk yeah. about we have something in common. We both have a love of movies, and your songs are very cinematic. Talk about your love of movies. Are you are you a huge movie buff like I am? Yeah, I I really am. I really am. I honestly, people will think I'm nuts, but I usually visit the cinema three to four times a week. Uh, obviously, depending what what movies are released, but I'm I'm like on top of it all the time. Like I know when things are coming out. Uh, I know what movie I need to see next week and I need to see it on the opening night. Like I'm a bit of a a crazy one like that. Um, Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, brother, I don't want to hear anything about my movies. I need to go see it first before anyone else. I don't (laughs) want anyone to talk about it. I want to make sure I hear it. That's probably been my second biggest withdrawal after restaurants is not being able to go out to the movies. Right. Yeah, 100%. It's been closed here for several months and uh, I miss it so much. But I'm kind of excited as well because I know that when they do open, there's so many films that they have held back on that they have to release. Right. So there will be such a surge. In. <laughs> I'll it's be there every day. It's going to be a great day. couple months. That's <laughs> yeah. for damn sure. 
You're yeah, right. I'll be full of popcorn. Well, talk about, like I said, I think your songs are very cinematic. Do you ever start writing a song with a specific movie in mind, or has any movie inspired a song? Um, n- never really something specific in mind. Um, I I feel like sometimes I've I've watched a movie and it's been it's caught my emotions so much that it's made me want to come home and write something because I was so full of certain emotions. Um, no specific film really comes to mind, but like the likes of like La La Land, for example, I know that that's a film that kind of brings out a lot of emotion for me because the characters in the film are quite relatable, especially as a singer songwriter and wanting to find success. You you right. can relate to those characters in La La Land very, very much. Um, so I'd watch that film and I would come home and I'd be like, oh, you know, I'd be filled with so much of that emotion that those characters had felt and I would just want to sit in my piano and write that that tune that that iconic melody that's going to you know make my career obviously it's you know probably I probably won't come up with it at the time but it's you just get inspired to want to to want to do that if that makes sense no it does exactly do you have a favorite movie or a genre of movies you like to see I'm really, I'm really um, quite diverse with my my genres. I really can watch anything as long as it's like a well-made film. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not really picky. I love my dramas. I love my uh, horrors. I love a musical. Uh, I, I really could watch anything. There's nothing that I'm like, nah, I won't, I won't watch it. In terms of favorite movie, though, I just, there's just. I just couldn't tell you. There's just so many. I mean, I don't know how, how you are <laughs> with picking a favorite I'm movie. the same way. They're like my children. Exactly. You can never pick a favorite. I hear you. <laughs> no, you can never pick a favorite. I always tell people, I said, I've got like a whole bunch of films that I love in every genre, and I refuse to compare genres because each genre is so unique. You can't really compare them. Like, you can't compare an amazing uh, drama to like an amazing comedy because they, they have so many different elements uh, that make right. them what what they are do you know what i mean so it's really hard exactly. to just put them up against each other when they, they're doing two different things i hear you brother i love that yeah. we'll talk about your writing style we're talking about writing for a second are you primarily a melody first guy where you hear something are you a lyric first guy or does it really just depend on the song uh, it really depends. Um, I've never really found one particular formula that I've stuck to. It's always just jumped around quite a lot. Sometimes I'll just have an idea for some lyrics and then I'll try and create melodies. Other times I'll just have a really good melody and then try and find lyrics. Um, sometimes I'll just have a, a really good sound, like a, a, an instrument that I really fall in love with at the time. And I'll be like, I just want to hear this instrument and I'll just play around with it and see what kind of um ideas it, it invokes you know and there's no there's no structure to my madness it's just um <laughs> it's just whatever comes you know what i mean and i've always said that the songs i'm most proud of that i've written have always been the ones that have kind of been written the quickest i feel like um there's they're they're written so fast that they just write themselves like they just come out of me so if it's a really um specific passionate subject then I'll just vomit out all these lyrics and melodies and it'll just write itself within half an hour I'll have a a full song and those are the songs I'm usually the most proud of because you know the less effort I seem to put into it the more of um the more of a song that I 
how do I say that? Like the more I love it because it's just sure. less less work. But when you're sitting at the computer sometimes and at my piano, and I'm and I'm I'm trying really really hard, uh, you know, to focus on this song. The harder you work, sometimes the, the the crapper it is just because you're you're redoing things and you're changing things and you're thinking you're overthinking it. So that's what I've kind of felt in my experience. I mean, obviously. It, everyone's different so there's no real sure there's no real way there's no there's no real formal way to write a song you just you can do it however you want really right now you taught yourself piano and you've done all this stuff on your own have you ever have you always started producing your own songs do you find it uh you enjoy that part of it do you prefer giving it to others to kind of let them put their mark on it or what do you feel about producing music um i really enjoy producing music I really do, but I've never um, let my production be the final, like the final mark. I always try to bring bring my songs to a certain level, say like, you know, 75% of the way. And then I want to bring it to someone else to kind of really kind of bring it up to a hundred. Um, my production is limited because I'm not, you know, I'm not professionally trained, uh, not even a professional uh, like pianist. I'm just, all uh, self-taught so I'm very aware of my strengths and weaknesses and I know that um, there are people out there who are so great with with arrangements and and production so much better than than me uh, even though I, I love doing it as a, as a passion but it's like I just need I need I always look for that little bit extra you know and so I always right. try and find producers who can can do that uh, for me to bring me that that next level up. Nice. And what, as far as performing goes, um, of course everyone wants to sell the sold out Wembley arenas and stuff. But do you have a preference? Do you like small, intimate venues? Do you prefer kind of uh, just releasing music and letting them play on air? What's your preference for releasing music? Um. Look, I. I have to be honest. Well, since since I've moved back to Australia a couple of years ago, um, and I took a break once I moved back, so this is the first time I've released music in a few years, and I haven't really had the chance to perform uh, much in Australia because of the lockdown that's been happening for the majority of the year so far. Um, so I'm I'm very keen to get back on stage. I love I love performing, and I'm. In terms of venues, I love the small intimate venues, but I'm, I'm sure I would love large venues too. Uh, the only real experience I've had with the large venues is, is mostly when I was in the US and uh, in Canada. Um, I got to do some big venues there and that was, was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely missing the stage and I really can't wait to get back, uh, back, back on a stage somewhere in the world, whether it's here or over there, like I just need to, I need to get out. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. And you've been in some great cities here. I mean, Chicago, New York, Montreal, Miami, Palm Springs. I actually was supposed to be in Palm Springs the last four weeks. I bring my show there every summer for a month's worth of shows out of a oh. live resort in Palm Springs there. But that's wow. a great place to play too. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It was so great. I, I was there for a, an independent music summit. It was a conference at the time, and. Uh, got to um, be part of that it was really, really fun. And Palm Springs is so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Had some great yeah, music really nice. there too. 
It's hot as hell during the summer, but it's a great place. I love I love going there, that's for sure. Yeah. Do you yeah, have a favorite sure. US city while you were touring around? Anything that you expected that, that or something unexpected from any city or what what was your favorite cities touring around? Uh, I really loved all of the cities I went to to be honest. Um I I didn't oh yeah, I think Miami was was the one I just didn't know what to expect. So I had no preconceived thoughts of Miami. And, oh, right. and and when I got when I got there it was it was beautiful but I just I didn't know what it was going to be like because in I think we think in Australia that it's just all beach but it's actually such a large place like it's not just beach there's so much more to it um, right yeah so that was quite nice and I loved New York and and Chicago I really did so much I had, I had great times every time I was there um, yeah cool. but you yeah yeah loved it. I like it. And you mentioned briefly a second ago that you took a little time off on music, and it was almost two years. What were you doing during that time? Were were you uh, was it something that was consciously done? Were you missing the music the whole time, or what made you take that little break? Um. So, yeah. Look, it wasn't wasn't consciously done, um, because I I just you know I decided to to give up that uh, that that move I made to, to, uh, to North America and, and move back home because I was missing my family and friends and, and uh, I figured mm. I could still do the whole music life that I was doing over there. I could just do it from home since, you know, we live in digital age and it's very easy to get yourself, you know, music out there at least. So I thought, well, I'll do it from home. And, uh, yeah, so once I got home, it was just a very different uh, feeling. I think I wasn't expecting to feel such a... I don't know. It was it wasn't negative, but it was like I was missing that that kind of life that I had over there. You know, going to the cities to perform and being more out there more, but being so far away um, from from you guys over there, it's uh, it, it makes it a lot harder. Uh, plus, you know, I, I wasn't writing as much, and I literally just wasn't singing as much. So, it kind of all just accumulated. And in turn, I ended up taking a break. And um, it was good in a way because I think I needed it. I think I needed some time to adjust just to being back in Australia after being away for almost, you know, seven years. Um, sure. So, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's quite a long time when you think about it. Um, it wasn't meant to be that long. I thought I was only going to be there um, six months, but it just kind of turned into a longer and longer time. Right. No, I understand how that can happen. You kind of lose a creative spark for a while, and then it reignites, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But music changes so fast. I mean, CDs are here one day and gone the next. Like you said, we're in streaming hell now, it seems like, where you make two cents yeah. per song or stream. Talk about any major changes in just that two small years that you've had to adapt to now coming back. Yeah, look, going from – not being a Spotify user at all to to completely embracing it. Um, that's one thing for sure. And yeah, streaming in general, like I was more of a, you know, buy on iTunes type of guy before the streaming right. services uh, were around. And, and I still, I will still, even today, I'll still buy a CD if it's like an artist or an album that I really, really treasure. And I feel like I need to have a physical copy of it just because I know it's something that I'll love to put in, in my collection. Um, but yeah, look, uh, definitely adapting to streaming is, is, is huge. And just 
adapting to the the magnitude of it, you know, the competition of it, the the game. It's like one big game, you know. You're putting yourself inside this this uh, this this wheel that's turning. You have to, you have to be part of it, you know, or else well, if you're not part right. of it, then you're just you're out of it, you know. Um, <laughs> Very true. So, yeah, no, look, but I, I mean, I love music in general and I love, I, I'm a bit of a tech lover too. So, you know, new apps and technology and stuff, I, I, I embrace it pretty easily. Um, so it was probably something I would have done regardless. So it's not like I did it because of my music. I'm, I probably would have done it anyway. Um, but it's definitely something gotcha. I think is the biggest change, biggest change that's happened sure. for sure in the last couple of years. Yeah. Definitely. Now, what was it like? Um, getting these songs translated into French. You had a couple of songs, like I mentioned, that you're translated to French. It's such a beautiful language. What was it like to hear your songs in a different language for the first time? Oh, it was very cool. It was very cool because um, there were a couple of songs that I had only created demos for, so they weren't um, – I never you know, officially recorded them properly. So hearing them in, with, you know, a beautiful arrangement and, and in French and, oh, it was just – for me, it was stunning. I was so impressed and so flattered and listening back to it. It's like, it's like, it's not even my song. Like, I mean, even though it still sounds like my <laughs> song, but it's just, it's like a new, it's like a new thing on its own. It's taken on its own kind of creation. Um, so I was, I was very thrilled uh, to, to, to be part of that. Very thrilled. I bet. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the newest single, The Green Garden. Sounds like there's a story behind it a bit. Talk about the story behind the song and what what makes you excited to release this new music. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've been very excited to get this song out. It's one that I've kind of been sitting on just a little while, and uh, I didn't want to just put it out for the sake of it. I really wanted to put it out. Uh, and 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 uh, make sure that it could get heard as much as possible. I I have a very uh, special place in my heart for it. It's uh, you look at the foundation of the song. It's just a love song, but it's a love song um, told slightly differently. I guess a little bit more like a fairy tale, if you like. Um, and one that I uh, definitely had a very cinematic visual to when I was creating. You know, I tried to think. Uh, along the lines of something like Alice in Wonderland or The Wizard of Oz and Imagine Love Story. And, and uh, I was very much kind of, uh, I guess, in love at the time. And my, my uh, analysing my emotions at that time were quite, um, not in a bad way, but were a little obsessive when you just love somebody or care for someone so much that you kind of really imagine this amazing scenario uh, and you, your imagination runs wild a little. And that's what exactly what it did. So, it's, you know, the song kind of comes from that place where uh, I was just very much uh, um, in love with someone, I guess. Um, I don't like to use that word, <laughs> word now because I'm no longer in love <laughs> with this person. So, so it's very right. hard to... to um, but you have the emotion, that. sure. You got, you, got to, you got to claim the emotion when you have it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was. It definitely was love at the time, 100%. Um, so, yeah, look, it comes from that place and um, a bit of a fantasy and, and just imagining the best case scenario between you and someone. And, um, yeah, this little story about um, how they want to live together you know, in a beautiful house. And, and that's why the, the, 
the lyric is, you know, with you, my garden's green, without you, my garden's yellow, you know, meaning that, uh, um, that that's how much that he loved this person, you know, it was so, um, right. obsessed because, you know, when you're living together and, and you were together, it was green. So everything was thriving and living and, and, and growing. Uh, but if you're not there, then, you know, it's, it's horrible. It's dying. The gardens, <laughs> the right. gardens die. Uh, that's the metaphor to it, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a special little song for me. It's like my own, you know, like my little kid. So um, I'm very very uh, very proud of it. Well, you should be. It's absolutely beautiful. We're going to play out to it on the end here in just a couple of minutes. But I really do. I really enjoy it, and it's kind of got me back into all your other music. And I hope that you keep keep producing more music like it because it's absolutely gorgeous. Now, talk about you talked about in, um, embracing technology and apps. I saw you did a TikTok thing. I just can't get into TikTok. I have the voice for radio and the face for radio, so I don't like seeing myself on camera. Talk yeah. about TikTok. Has that been kind of fun to play with a little bit? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been fun. Yeah, I don't think I'm an avid user as many. As many other people are, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely when I'm in the mood for it, I'll, I'll go on there and have a bit of play around with it, uh, for sure. I think it allows people to be so creative, and I think that's one of the most um, engaging things about it is that when I look at other people's, I'm just like, oh my god, that's that's such a creative idea, and um, obviously there's always the, all these trends and things as well, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to embrace it more and more. It's, uh, it's hard because it, to make some of those creative TikTok videos takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. I know. So, yeah, so much. So I'm not, uh, I'm not as all committed as I, I think that I want to be sometimes. I tell you, like I said, I have the face for radio. I don't want my mug on that thing. And you're right. It's like a job editing those things. I don't know how those people do some of that stuff. But yeah, I know. It is crazy. <laughs> and talk about the streaming phenomenon. Have you decided to start? I mean, I haven't uh, paid attention to Are you doing your streaming for any of these new songs and kind of putting yourself out there to audiences via Instagram or something? Um, I haven't I haven't done anything uh, big. I did one stream uh, last week on a, on a, I took over a Facebook page for um, another company, Scenes Media. I think they do a lot of live oh, nice. acts. Yeah, yeah, I did one of those, um, but I haven't done much else besides that. Um, I definitely am open to it. I just haven't uh, organised it yet. Uh, but I think I think I definitely should be doing something soon, just to probably do an Instagram live. I think um, everyone's doing them and they are, they're a great platform. Um, So it's definitely something I think that'll come soon for sure. I like that. I think it's just the wave of the future until we get back out there again, performing. I have uh, some good friends that are doing weekly streams and honestly, it's only the only way they're making money right now uh, is by little donations through those things. And it's a great way to get your music out there, but I yeah. kind of enjoy watching those streams. That's for sure. Talk yeah, about yeah, sure. your goals for the future. Do you have a couple songs kind of up your sleeve? You're getting ready to release, or what's what's the future looking like for you, Michael? Yeah, I, I do have a couple of songs. I, I'd love, ideally, I'd love to get another single out before the end of the year, um, and then have an EP ready, like early to mid um, next year. 
so that I can, you know, start performing. And I, in my head, I'd love to come back over to North America next summer and, um, and, and, and visit those cities that I've visited before and try and organize some small intimate gigs. That, that would be, you know, that would be the goal. Um, and bring that EP with me and, and, and play the whole EP and, and just get back out there, you know, and uh, that would be what I'd love to do. But, you know, the, the, the world is so unpredictable at the moment. I'm just kind of kind of taking it all one day at a time and see what's, what's going to be best, you know. I, I, I don't want to release all my music now and then uh, not, go out, not be able to perform it um, for sure. people and go out. And, and push it myself so it's uh it's it's a bit hard i don't know i'm just kind of uh going with the flow of everything i guess i got you that's really all we can do right now but just keep out this wonderful music and when you get to the states i will help you with a midwest tour i can put you in columbus ohio cleveland ohio and pittsburgh pennsylvania so you let me oh. know we'll hook you up <laughs> oh definitely i would love that I'm happy to do that <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I absolutely love getting the chance to talk to you. I love promoting new music, and I think your voice is fantastic. I love your lyrics. Thanks for coming on the Left of Straight Show, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's much appreciated, and uh, I, I really look forward to coming over and uh, meeting you in person and hanging out. It would be great. That would be awesome. You are welcome back on the show anytime you have anything new to talk about. Let everyone know where they can find your website and uh, social media. Yeah, so my website is just michaelpateramusic.com. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram just under Michael Patera. Um, yeah, it's, it's I'm pretty easy to find, I think. Just put in my name and usually the first one that pops up. There's not many others. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, stay on the line for me, my friend. This has been a great chance to talk to you. We're going to play out with Michael's song, The Green Garden. I'll be back in this little bit. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
everyone that is it a big shout out thank you to michael butera please go check out his music guys thanks for being part of the left of straight show family all this week if you missed any episodes go to your favorite podcast distributors look up left of straight show hit a little subscribe button there and uh, give us a five-star review it'll help other people find it as well thanks again and uh, have a great week everybody good night bye-bye